Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Michael Wilder. And again, we have a great special guest today. This is part four with Alicia Wilder. Alicia is one of our precious daughter-in-laws. She grew up LDS. And at this point in her story, she's been uh, communicating by email occasionally with our son, Micah, who's on his Mormon mission. He's getting to the end of his mission. Um, Alicia has been reading the Bible for quite a while now, and some big things are dawning on her. Welcome back, Leish. Thanks. Tell us where we are. (laughs) Yeah, so like you said, I'm nearing the um, end of 2005 when everything's kind of coming to a head as far as my knowledge and understanding of the truth and then of how that reflects in my life and where I'm at as a Mormon BYU student um, at the moment. (laughs) And it all kind of came to a head as I finished up that semester and kind of planned for a future. Uh, Micah and I were kind of planning as if we, you know, wanted to get married, kind of plan to do the temple, even though we were still kind of unsure before this and wanted to please family and I kind of appease the life that we had known before having made any confirmed decisions at this point. But it seemed to all transpire pretty quickly. Um, I had made... A decision, which is really tough to not go back to BYU the next semester. As I felt more and more led to a life knowing my Savior, knowing who Christ was and meant to my life, and knowing that He was God and knowing that He's bigger than any religious system, I felt that it would be a disservice to him and to myself to try to lie or be sneaky about where my heart had come um, and that I had come to the realization in those last few weeks of December that he was my prophet. He was my king. He was my intercessor. He was my high priest. I didn't need him anything else but him. He fulfilled all the roles in the temple. He is now the, you know, the temple of God housing the spirit of God. And that that spirit is given to us who then become believers to be housed, housing the Holy Spirit, that I could have the Holy Spirit living in me, um, guiding me and it wasn't a threatened thing to where I might lose that relationship with the Holy Spirit if I didn't behave or follow rules properly, but I'm covered and I'm promised that Holy Spirit by the justification of Christ. So I knew enough of all of that to not really vocalize it at that point, but to know that I couldn't live a double life or a double standard and try to 
fake out everybody else, even though I had kind of tried to do that the last semester. Mm-hmm. Um, as my life is becoming in, changed and enlightened through the word of God. So it was a hard decision, but I told my parents I planned to move and leave the heart of BYU and Utah and all Mormonism. And thankfully, God had prepared a path that allowed me to jump into a safe haven and a place where uh, Micah had met the owner and established a relationship with and start working at a bed and breakfast and at least like find a way to discover more about where God was leading my life instead of feeling like it was all still wrapped up and tied up and mingled with the culture, the community, the society, the uh, the religion that I had been brought up in. So it was very exciting at that point to make those decisions in the big leap of faith, but yet nerve wracking at the same time. And I had moved and uh, made that transition in my life out of faith. <laughs> and Michael was still on his mission, yeah. but this was a perfect match for you because you had just been working at a wedding organization, yeah. something. Yeah. I worked at a catering facility as a manager there. So uh, I knew the catering business and knew hospitality and they needed someone to help run restaurants and catering options and had bed and breakfast hospitality options and a place for me to live. So the perfect opportunity to kind of jump into a new life. And I didn't do it intending to like hurt family or hurt friends or hurt relationships. I did it because I needed to know that I was living for God and that I was living to please him. And and that's what it started with, right? I wanted to please God, but yeah. I didn't know what that meant until I had come to know the truth. And the truth was found in God's word that, that Christ was satisfactory, that he brought sufficiency through his sacrifice on the cross. Well, that is fascinating. And what's what's so beautiful about this so, so many times people lie in their situations because they don't want to cause problems or they just want to fit in. Uh, the fact is, once you had a pure testimony of who Jesus was, there was really no need for Joseph Smith. And if there's no need for Joseph Smith, you cannot pass the honor code at BYU. And if you can't pass the honor code, at BYU, you cannot enroll in classes. So by you putting aside the LDS belief, uh, having a testimony of the Book of Mormon, having a testimony of a current prophet, having a testimony that Joseph Smith is a prophet, having a testimony that the Mormon church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the only true church upon the face of the earth. Put all that aside and you've rejected it. At the same time, you are removing your chance to do additional education at Brigham Young University, which is interesting to think is, you know, you cannot go to BYU now because you don't believe in Joseph Smith. And you were okay with that because you had found something better 
much, much better in the Bible and understanding that and putting the Book of Mormon aside and having a full faith in Jesus Christ and putting Joseph Smith aside. So I, I commend you for that. That is really, really a huge step for such a young person to do. And in a way, you're, you're not rejecting your family, but everything that you were raised with, all the doctrine, all the teachings, everything that your parents loved about the LDS church, you were saying, mom, dad, there's, there's a better way. So that had to be really hard for you to do that. And, you know, we, I wasn't there yet. I wasn't there going, yeah, 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 go, go, go girl, because I was still stuck in Mormonism. I still believed that LDS church was the way to go. And so, uh, but you still loved us. Wow. You've, you've brought up a good point, Mike. So how how did your parents feel about you making a decision to not go back to BYU and to move all the way to Florida? Was there a problem there? Um, <laughs> I think it was just so much of my life being changed and dramatically altered by my heart being made new and I felt like a new creation like the word teaches us that we are when we become saved that I didn't care and they they ultimately probably would have liked me to stay at BYU I mean I had um kind of scholarships and grant money so they weren't tied to like their supporting me in school in sorry through school in college but they definitely wanted what was best for me and for me to make that decision I'm sure was hard as their oldest daughter to just kind of seem like my life I was giving up everything I knew and I was I mean I got to point where Christ became everything to me that it was okay to let go of all that stuff that it was it was liberating and if I can share a scripture that really um, helped me see all of that, uh, it says, do not think that I've come to bring peace to the world. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. But whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Mm. And I, that verse was brought to my attention when I was making this decision. Like, do I leave school? Do I plan a future? Do I just take a sabbatical and figure out what's going on and then go back to school and then go back and get married in the temple and do all these things? And it's like, I felt like I had to lose my life and that my life was no longer important to me anymore um, in the sense of like all the goals and aspirations and dreams and everything that I wanted growing up or I had wanted in my life. Um, And the beautiful thing about that is God has shown me time and again the decision that I made then to lose my life for his sake was worth it. That people have asked me over the years, was it hard to leave your family? Was it hard to disappoint them? Was it devastating? Because the culture does kind of cut you off. I lost some of the 
communication respect with my siblings because they were all underage and I wasn't supposed to share with them the gospel that I had learned because it would affect them and taint their young minds. Um, I had lost the trust of my parents. I had lost, um, you know, a schooling opportunity. I had maybe more or less lost your respect in a little bit. And I had to make that decision to jump out in faith on my own. But I felt grounded and satisfied and reassured in every step that I made because it was coming from the Lord and not from any external source. And since then, all that he's brought me through has time and again showed his mercy and all of that. I intended to go to BYU and further my education in architecture or some sort of engineering or interior design. And I get put in a bed and breakfast where I get to historically design and interior decorate and plan for a future with the building and and utilize those talents and skills that God had established in my life previous. Mm. So God doesn't look at us and be like, eh. <laughs> This doesn't matter. He's he's constantly in our lives and he's constantly pulling at us, even when we're sinners and far off, even when we don't know him and are condemned. He's still drawing us to himself and he's still going to utilize the experiences we go through. And I felt like that was an amazing thing for me to learn um, along the way. And at that moment of coming to know that I needed to step out on faith, and after I made that decision and moved to Florida, um, Micah got kicked off of his mission for his testimony <laughs> and sent home. And then we had our lives planned and God put us back together and allowed us to be unified in him and not just unified to one another, but unified because of our devotion to Christ. And that that was an amazing foundation to start a marriage and a relationship on for the future and to ultimately build a, a ministry platform where we were able to share the most important things that was in our life. And that was to know of the assurance that comes through faith in Jesus Christ for our salvation. Wow. I can't, I can't imagine just going through that. Uh, I mean, Lynn and I have gone through some unique stuff ourselves. Uh, but every time I hear the story from you know other people, you know, sometimes um, giving up, becoming a believer in Christ, you you wouldn't think in the U.S. you'd have to give up so much, but you you can you can give up a lot. You know, you can give up your job, you can give up your education, you may have to in a way walk away from your parents for a period of time. Uh, or never ever had that same respect or maybe love from them that you once thought you had. And, uh, but, but it's all worth it. You know, that Jesus gave it all for us. And the least we can do is to say, we trust in you and, and take his grace and he'll, he'll do it from there. But uh, so, so when it, you, you know, came to Florida, okay. Tell us just a little bit about the story. So Micah was still on his mission. Um, and you mentioned something about him getting kicked off his mission. Um, so what what did he do to get removed from his mission with like three weeks left? 
Mm-hmm. Can you give us a little bit of that story? Yeah. Um, well, I shared that, you know, the revelation of who Jesus was is finally becoming a solid foundation through having read the word, understanding his love, understanding the sufficiency of his sacrifice, and then understanding um, that we needed to trust him by faith. And it was only by faith that we can be saved, not by our works, or it would be counted as wages and this the wages of sin is death. So ultimately us trying to work for anything that's salvation related without simply understanding what Christ offered was null and void. So Micah had come to obviously this saving understanding as well in this last few weeks of his mission. And that led him to having to publicly share his testimony and his public testimony had required of him to be honest and um, shared that Jesus was all that he needed. And that's what led him to having a long drawn out conversation of truth and grace with his mission present and ultimately getting him sent home early. But we both came to that point that Jesus was all that we needed. And you guys got married. Yeah, we sneakily eloped at Disney when he got sent home or sent home and then come back to Florida to be with me and enjoyed our Disney honeymoon in secret. But even through all of that, like God's grace was sufficient. Like he had things worked out and planned and like he says in his word, like if you are willing to lose your life for Christ's sake, he brings it back a hundredfold. Like we were able to develop a genuine relationship in a marriage with the devotion and faith being the founding rock of Christ and not on worldly aspects or lovey-dovey stuff, but on the fact that God had done something miraculous in both of our lives and was calling us to something greater. And as we discovered that and wanted to share the gospel, we recognized and realized that it was simply to tell other people and to share his word and to encourage other people to find that relationship with Jesus that would be their satisfaction. And God had a specific focus for that ministry. Oh, this wonderful God that creates all of this from the beginning, every every day ordained before it was lived, right? Even your gifts and talents and your desires um, to do decorating and to cook and to rent a bed and breakfast. I mean, oh my goodness. And then he places you there. Why? For his own purposes. What I love about the two of you is that from the very beginning, there was this heart for ministry. And that ministry has been going maybe, what, 17 years? Yeah, I think officially the ministry has been 17 years, but it has been 18 years since I left home and would have called myself born again. Wow. Mm. So tell tell the people listening about that ministry. What is your heart? Mm-hmm. What has God blessed you to do? Well, my personal journey has been 
in, like I said, the hospitality, but being able to share and witness here and there as God provided the little bits of my testimony to encourage people around me as he would draw them into the bed and breakfast and not in like a harsh way, but being able to just lovingly kind of open my home (laughs) to many, many people of who knows what kind of faith to sense that there's a presence of God that's of love and understanding and grace. And as we wear our t-shirts that say Jesus is enough and and have opportunities to, to spread the gospel by having conversations with people, we've been able to witness to lots and lots of people. Um, through Micah, he's been able to establish music ministry and Adams Road and be able to travel around the country and sharing with churches and individuals who are believers and just encouraging them that there are people just like me who seem like I come from a good family in a good life in a good neighborhood with good morals and good values and I'm still lost. I still need something better and I still needed to know that Christ was sufficient, that he was my savior, that he was God and he provided the way for me to know eternal life and that eternal life is to know him. And you eventually had three boys, three Mm -hmm. sons. Tell us about your sons and their faith. Yeah. So, uh, oldest son came after the first year and he is, such a wonderful young man. I feel like God's really instilled in him a desire for the word and and the gospel has started to become evident in his life as it would be any believer. Um, We, of course, were changed and born again and made new, but then we had to learn what it meant to continue every day walking, loving the Lord, um, showing our devotion to Christ and raising children who would know him and have truth in their lives and truth in their hearts. And I've seen the evidence through him being able to witness and kind of hold his friends accountable to God's word and make decisions in his life that hold himself accountable to God's word. And that's certainly really encouraging. And my other two boys are certainly in their walk with the Lord as they learn truth and develop and get older and it's been fun to see them excited and learn and grow. But I've also been given stewardship over the ministry women as we run the bed and breakfast. And so that's been really cool for me to be able to have God walk me through things that I need to learn and I need to overcome improving um, who I am by revealing that in the other women around me and allowing me to help guide them and share with them truth and um, in tandem, like teaching myself. And that's kind of a cool aspect that, that God has a plan and that he utilizes our weaknesses and teaches us so that then we can teach and share with somebody else. He doesn't just ask of us to learn everything that we know to better ourselves. The purpose of him calling us to himself is to 
share the gospel, to share with somebody else, to better someone else, to encourage someone else. And I really loved that about the ministry that we have here and the relationship that I have with Micah, that it's founded on loving and serving one another because we know a loving God who forgave us in our most wretched sins and still loved us even though we were sinners. And yet he blesses us and pours his love on us and that we can certainly offer forgiveness to other people if God did that for us and that we can love others and pour love into other people. So it's been an amazing journey. (laughs) And you know, I think that's one of the, that was one of the hardest things for me to learn and yet one of the most freeing, right? That because I was such a wretched sinner and God offered me this forgiveness and this grace to learn to offer that mercy, that grace, that forgiveness, that non-judgmentalism, right, to other people, and particularly within your own family, because um, people always have opinions, or they think they know people, you know, or they think they know what they should do, and um, that's been a huge aha for me, just to learn to rest in Jesus, and to offer his love that other people might be drawn to him and to forget all the other negative stuff. It's not, it's not helpful. Right. Yeah. Yeah, The biggest thing is to show his love and show his love through truth. And that's been our hearts of ministry from day one is like God drew us so powerfully with his truth that it was the word of God living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And it brought us truth. It brought us satisfaction. It brought us the love of Christ and uh, helped us understand the beauty of him being enough in our lives. Thank you, Alicia. That is a most perfect place to end. Our lives are built on Christ. Christ brings any work that we would do it actually is the work of the Holy Spirit that just works through vessels that are surrendered to Him. This uh, complete surrender makes all the difference. We pray that many of you listening, if you do not know Him, that you would walk through Alicia's story and learn what you need to do in order to give your life to the God of the Bible. It will change everything. Grace and peace to you. Until next time. And may God bless.